A podcast we'd like you to check out is Movie Sign with the Mads. Join Frank Conniff and Trace Ballou of MST3K and Carolina Hidalgo of Sirius Radio on a film odyssey exploring the good, the bad, and the weird. You can find Movie Sign with the Mads on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search for Movie Sign with the Mads. You're a very bad man. Oh, no, my dear. I, I'm a very good man. I'm just a very bad wizard. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I am Steve Shives. Hey, Steve. Yeah? Are you a good critic or a bad critic? <laughs> I, you know, I, res- I resent being pigeonholed like that. Well, I'm a little muddled. The Munchkins <laughs> called me because a new critic has just dropped a house on the Wicked Critic of the East, and there's the house, and the, here you are, and that's all that's left of the Wicked Critic of the East. That's not even my house. What? I just ran in for cover when I saw the Twister coming. So who, who murdered this witch? I don't know. There, there was a little girl in the house, but I, I threw her out the window because, you know. The Munchkins lied to me! <laughs> You're all dead, motherfuckers! <laughs> Don't you know to never trust a munchkin? Hey, everybody! That didn't explain anything about the show, did it? No. Nope! On this show, Steve and I take a classic film, and we give it a fresh review to see if that movie lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. Mm-hmm. And this time around, we are going to take what is probably the most famous movie ever made that is known by every living person on the planet and give it a review because that's how big our balls are yes we cleared this with the league of critics we went before them and petitioned we said gentlemen <clears throat> we would like to review the wizard of oz and then of course they appeared as just gigantic heads yes and they asked us, How big are your balls? And we said, They're pretty big if we want to do this. It would be delightful to see you fail at this. <laughs> they told us that we could only review it if we brought them the broomstick of Pauline Kale. <laughs> Funnily enough, the man behind the curtain was, uh, was uh, <laughs> Roger Ebert. <laughs> Which, you know, I was happy to see him at first. and then, Until we realized he couldn't speak. Then, yeah. <laughs> Oh, what? Now, come on. Too soon. But he always seemed astonished. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> if you guys don't know what we're talking about, look up, go to Google. Look up, <laughs> look up Roger Ebert in Google Image Search and click on Last Year of Life oh, and God. you'll see what I'm talking about. And then decide for yourselves if you ever want to listen to this show again. <laughs> <laughs> we have okay everybody as you've probably figured out we've decided to review the wizard of oz mm. right Steve? yeah the 1925 silent version no that that is a piece of shit have you ever watched that uh I've, i tried to watch some of it <laughs> yeah there's that's the i tried to watch some of it it made no sense zero sense at all and isn't close to the book in any way. Okay, we gotta make. I have to make a full admission. Yes, I am a Wizard of Oz book purist. I've read the books. I've read the series. I love the Wizard of Oz. Okay, mm-hmm. 
Mm. Okay, let's just get that out of the way. Duly noted. So that when you hear me becoming a little uncomfortable when we talk about the plot <laughs> to the 1939 Wizard of Oz, which is what we're reviewing, you'll understand why. And we're also not doing the 1910 version of it either. No. Nor are we doing, what, His Majesty the Scarecrow of Oz. No, we're not doing any of the subsequent <laughs> other things. We're doing the one that everyone knows about. We're doing the one that is still marketed today. We're doing the one that if someone said, hey, I want to make a theme park out of the 1938-39 Wizard of Oz, someone would fucking build it. (laughs) (laughs) And it would become popular. We're talking about that Wizard of Oz with that coke fiend and the other people who are all dying slowly in makeup. That movie. (laughs) The one that nearly burned Margaret Hamilton to death. That movie. The most beloved movie ever. <laughs> that almost got half the people making it killed. And was all and was also a flop. The movie <laughs> that was a reaction to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, bet you didn't know that, uh, did you, audience? Huh? Okay, let's uh, do a little bit of trivia before we start in with the who made this fucking thing. Um, <clears throat> in 1937, a little tiny movie came out. Do you know what that movie was? What movie was it? Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, you just by said Walt that. Disney. Yeah. And all the other studios went, what? what? <laughs> because it became the most popular movie and the highest grossing film ever produced. People went out of their minds for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and they went, okay, what fantasy stuff do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Let's do more of that. Now, Walt Disney planned to make a version of The Wizard of Oz as his next film, but MGM very wisely snatched up the rights to it and went, mine! (laughs) And ran away. (laughs) And so they made The Wizard of Oz. So there you go. Walt Disney triggered a whole new genre in filmmaking. As with pretty much everything else, blame Walt Disney. Yeah. Now, Walt Disney was a little bolder with his version because uh, when it comes to making this film, they did a lot of changes because they thought that audiences were too sophisticated to accept a fantasy world like The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) So that's why it's all a fucking dream sequence Uh is because they're like, oh, no audience is going to accept that, even though they didn't do that in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. We're assuming that audiences are stupid. Yeah. You know there's no such place. This is just bullshit. <laughs> that's, what, that's how they should have had Dorothy talking all the way through. <laughs> oh, right. Like, this is even real. Come on. I bet I'm unconscious at home. <laughs> yeah. Look, the scarecrow looks just LOL. like one of the farm hands. <laughs> All right, you want to know who made this thing and how, what, and all this other stuff that I usually do? Yeah, let's tell the people who's responsible for this. Okay, the people. Here's who's (laughs) responsible for this. It was directed by Victor Fleming. Oh, Victor, you made so many good movies over the years. Like, uh, uh, he did make another good movie, right? Was, like, he made, uh, a guy named Joe? I think he made that. What else did he make? Um, something. Doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Steve right now is desperately Googling. Um, um, let me see, let me see, let me see. As I fall further and further into the hole I dug. He made... Well, goodbye! He directed one of the 5,000 adaptations of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, did he? Okay, well, good for him. But then again, everyone made a version of Dr. (laughs) Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It was produced by Mervyn Leroy. Um, that's Leroy, Mervyn. <laughs> no, you no. Tried, you know, just because you made the E small and the R capital, you don't get a fancy name. It's Mervyn Your name's Mervyn Leroy. Leroy. 
I beg your pardon, sir. I'm Irvin Leroy. I believe you'll find the, the reservation under Leroy. <laughs> Screenplay by Noel Langley, Florence Ryerson, Edgar Allan Wolfe, and it's based on The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum. It stars Judy Garland as Dorothy Gale. Hey, Steve, yeah. quick guess. Who did they originally want to play Dorothy Gale? I don't know. Come on. Uh, it was the only other child actor available <gasps> around that everyone was talking about. Shirley Temple. Yeah, thank God she's not in this. Oh. I, guys, I know that there are people out there that love Shirley Temple. I know that there are people out there who's like, who's Shirley Temple? <laughs> and I hope that happens quicker. I hope <laughs> that there comes a day when no one remembers who Shirley Temple is. But it's like if Russian scientists wanted to make uh, a child so adorable that it murdered people... <laughs> That's who Shirley Temple was. Okay, Frank Morgan as... No, oh, he's wearing a lot of hats in this, isn't he? Mm. Professor Marvel, the wizard, doorman, cabbie, guard, <laughs> and doctor? You want to know who else? You know who turned this down? Who? The original person? Who? Oh, God, I wish you had taken this part. Who? Edwin. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, do you know who they offered it to after that? <laughs> Which would have made the movie a little bit more interesting? <laughs> W.C. Fields. Oh, my God. But he didn't think he was in it enough. So he, wasn't, he didn't even want to do it. Pay no attention would, to the man behind the curtain. And the man who didn't like working with children or animals would have to work with both <laughs> in the course of the film. So I guess he turned it down. Uh, yeah. Ray Bolger as Hunk and Scarecrow, Jack Haley as Hickory and Tin Man, Bert Lahr as Zeke and the Cowardly Lion, Billy Burke as Glinda, the Good Witch of the North, Margaret Hamilton as Miss Almira Gulch and the Wicked Witch of the West, Clara Blandick as Aunt Em, Charlie Grapewin as Uncle Henry, Pat Walsh as Nico the Winged Monkey King. <laughs> <laughs> Terry as Toto and uh, for just we need to include at least two munchkins in there they had dialogue Charlie Becker as the munchkin mayor and Meinhart Rabe as the munchkin coroner <laughs> Cinematography by Harold Rawson, edited by Blanche Sowell, production company Metro Gold Mare, distributed by Lowe's Inc., release date August 25th, 1939. Hey, Steve. Yeah. Did you know that they wanted to use the lion that they used in their opening thing as the lion in the movie? I did not know that. Then they were just going to overdub the lion with, like, dialogue? That But then Bert Lair Bert <laughs> said, I'm going to do it. And they said, fuck that. Oh, thank God. We just saved the lives of everyone on the <laughs> We were seriously going to have a live lion on the set. <laughs> Its running time is 101 minutes. Its original its original budget was 2.8 million. Box office? Care to guess what the box office was? Here? I'm going to say original box office. I'm going to say a jillion. No, nope. original box office. Oh, not, for its release. Not not as uh not as much as you would think. 3 million. Yeah, so it just barely made its it made budget back. 200,000 it made $200,000 in profit. Yeah. It was not a huge hit. Do you want to know how much it's made up until this point adjusted for inflation in 2014? <laughs> More than 3 million, I would bet. Yeah, but not as much as you would think. 247.1 million dollars. So it made its money back, I would think. Yes, yes, I would what say. What do you think made more, the movie or the merchandise? Oh. I bet I got to say the merch. The subsequent re-release of it every single time it hits an anniversary. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> into whatever format you purchased it. I, I have no doubt that there are people in the world who have it on Betamax, VHS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> VH, VHS pr- uh, Premiere. Um, <laughs> I, I know there's a criterion, the big Laserdisc criterions, the big pizza-sized ones. Yeah. That cost a lot of money when it first came out. Then on DVD, then on uh, DVD four set 75th anniversary, and then um, probably Blu-ray and um, a whole bunch of others. I just watched it streaming. <laughs> yeah, me too. I watched the standard definition streaming. <laughs> I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, exactly. So, Steve, anything you would yeah. like to add? Um, before before we review this movie, um, I'm yeah. not kidding about how this, it's not a joke. Salman fucking Rushdie. Salman Rushdie has a very fond memory of watching this projected onto the back wall of what what country is he from again? I can't remember. He grew up in uh, somewhere in the Middle East. Yeah, grew up in the Middle East. This was the first movie he ever saw. Wow, projected onto like the back of a wall, like in the back of a building. This movie went around the world several times. Russia went. We need to make our own version of this movie. Because it's decadent. <laughs> <laughs> almost all the lines, almost all the lines, almost every single line in this movie has become a catchphrase at some point. It's been oh, used as a joke in other films that we use in everyday conversation at this point. Absolutely. A lot of people say, oh, you know, Star, Star Wars. Fuck Star Wars. No. If you, and I will get in a fight with you, Star Wars was well loved by a lot of people around the world, but it has not reached the level of cultural saturation that The Wizard of Oz has. Until we watch Star Wars, here's the, here's the big problem. The Wizard of Oz was shown on TV every year up until we started getting ta- cable and VHS tapes and all that other stuff. Yeah. It was an event. And I don't think it was associated with any holiday, was it? Uh, no. I don't re- growing up, I don't remember it being... It was just like, oh, The Wizard of Oz is on. A yeah. lot like Sound of Music. So they did that with Sound of Music, too. Yeah. It was a big deal when they showed The Wizard of Oz or The Sound of Music. So, yeah, it was like an event thing that you did every year. It became like a tradition. And uh, other countries loved it. Everyone loved it. Japan loved it. Everyone loves this fucking movie. <laughs> And, you know, one of the things I did want to mention before we started was, and possibly owing to the fact that it is such a widely seen movie, it is also the subject of several popular urban legends. Oh, let's let's name uh, a couple. What's the with, first one? Well, the probably the most widely known one is that one of the actors playing a munchkin uh, hanged himself on the set. Hey, and is that it, true? It, no, it is not. Oh, darn. It is not true. People, there are people who seem to sincerely believe that if you freeze frame it at the right moment, you can see the the, the shadow of his body swinging from one of the trees on the set. That is not true. No. Um, it is it is also widely believed that uh, Pink Floyd intentionally recorded <laughs> their album. Someone actually recommended we do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Pink, it's, a lot of people think that Pink Floyd intentionally produced their classic album, Dark Side of the Moon, to synchronize with The Wizard of Oz. Uh, Does that, it? That, uh, it, it, syncs, it appears to sync up in a few moments, but actually, uh, no, that is not true either. And the members of Pink Floyd have repeatedly said that any synchronicity between their album and the wizard of oz is purely coincidental and you know please to me, don't sue us mgm <laughs> to me to me one of the giveaways is that the album is half as long as the movie mm-hmm. so eh. doesn't um, really work great album yeah oh great album but you can just listen to it yeah <laughs> you don't need to watch the wizard of oz exactly um the third one i wanted to mention is not quite as well known but would be really really cool if it were true except it's probably not true that uh the jacket 
that yep, Professor Marvel wears. One. Yeah, the jacket that Professor Marvel wears when he meets Dorothy uh, supposedly once belonged to L. Frank Baum, the original author, and was just picked up by pure coincidence by someone in the costume department at a thrift store when they were shopping for costuming for the various characters. Yeah. Uh, the the provenance of that is very very questionable, and it's that weak. is and that yeah, and that is probably not true. But if if that were, were true, people that were alive and don't remember Frank Obama Browning a coat like that. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it would be just a, an incredible coincidence. But leave it to the Wicked Witch of the West to probably get closest to the truth, which was, it was just a stupid publicity stunt. Yeah. Margaret Hamilton yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah, and there there are other ones too, but uh, you know there yeah. there there are a few th- you know like Buddy Evans like the was one originally... that this was the movie that got uh, Judy Garland addicted to barbiturates. Yeah, or <laughs> <laughs> which isn't an urban legend; it's probably fucking it's true. Probably true. You know, and the thing because I because making this movie was a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> yeah, and. The thing I always heard about it as a kid before I was old enough to know any better and and look it up myself was, and I think a lot of people believe this just because of the way the film is made, Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people seem to think that it was the first movie to be shot in color because it transitions from black and white to color when Dorothy reaches Oz. That's not true. There were many color films before this, but this one utilized it so well. Yeah, and made it a part of the story, the transition from black and white to color, but that's not true. Which also, by the way, is carried over in the book. If you've read the book, um, Frank L. Baum describes Kansas as gray. Everything's gray. The house is gray. Everything's gray. So it is kind of alluding to what happens, what's described in the book. Yeah. They take it a little too far. (laughs) They make it black and white or sepia. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. So there you go. I think we're good. Yeah. I think we're ready to go. I think we can talk about the story now. Okay, everybody. Let's all hold hands. Get ready to (laughs) dance and sing. I know me and Steve have been looking forward to it, right, Steve? Yeah, man. And let's dance into this fucking sea of tropes. <laughs> yep. Pop culture references and everything else. And travel to the wonderful land of Oz in The Wizard of Oz. Steve, go for it. <laughs> well, we, we open not in the wonderful land of Oz, but in the less than wonderful land of Kansas. <laughs> Well, first we have a little, a little, uh, a little reading to do before the movie. Oh, that's starts. that's true. There's a little opening title that talks about how beloved the story is, and yep. how the movie was made for all of those who have sort of kept the the joy and the wonder of the story in their hearts ever since mm-hmm. they first read the books. We're just I... hoping you don't remember it all too good. We've <laughs> taken liberties. <laughs> we've taken a few liberties, but we hope you'll like it. It's closer than anything else you've seen so far. I guarantee you that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Exactly. You remember that other one from about 15 years ago? This one's a little closer. Yeah, like um, a lot closer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we so, and then we and of course then there the opening titles and everything and we we mm-hmm. we meet Dorothy uh with her dog, her little dog Toto. And everything's sepia. Everything is sepia. It's like yeah, it's basically like we all sort of think that reality was back then. Yeah, we also are starting to think that the audience that went in to go see this Technicolor movie is like what the fuck? Yeah. I thought this was supposed to be I color. paid a nickel for this. <laughs> Popcorn being flung at the screen. A nickel back in 1939 was food for my entire family for a week. I wanted a color movie. You get a roll of nickels, you could buy a car. (laughs) You know, this was serious bank. Yeah, you put the roll of nickels in a sock and you hit the car dealer over the head with it. (laughs) Give me the car. car. (laughs) I'll take it. <laughs> um, yeah, so Dor- Dorothy is 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 running home to to the farm where she yeah. lives with her her auntie M. She stops to talk to her dog a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because you talks, know she talks to her dog a lot. Yeah, well, you know she and Toto are very close. Yeah, it's like a lot, a lot, like. like- 
she's the dog's her only friend. Well, you know. Or she's crazy. She's an, <laughs> may, she's an hey. adorable dog. Don't get me wrong. I talk to my dogs all the time. Give, given the, the, the events in the film, maybe she is a little cuckoo. Who knows? Maybe. Okay. Um, so she's running home. She's running home. Uh, poor Toto has apparently had a run-in with... Uh, with one of the the local uh, mm-hmm. people in in their community that you know yeah. is not a very not a very nice person is is uh, Miss Gulch. Yeah, she's is, trying to tell uh, Uncle Uncle uh, Henry and Auntie M all about it, but they're too busy counting chicks. Yeah, and they they're going to lose count. No, listen, and she's talking a mile a minute. Dorothy is pretty coked up. <laughs> yes, she's like, and then all of a sudden Toto went in there and he didn't do anything. And they're like, we're trying to do work, Dorothy. Okay, and then oh God. Go over with the farmhands, please. Just go take a downer or something, okay? Whatever. Just go do it away from here. We're trying to count. It's hard. Counting. <laughs> We're not educated people, Dorothy. This <laughs> takes all of our concentration. We have to count to three over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get a, a whole bunch of foreshadowing 101. Oh, boy. With the farmhands. Yeah. She meet first. Once you've seen the movie well, more than once, you Except it becomes... for Hickory. Except Hickory doesn't, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, once you've seen the movie more than once, this this scene with the with the farmhands becomes just so super obvious. Mm. Uh, yeah, she meets Hunk. Uh, and 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 Hickory and Zeke, the, they're the farmhands. And what does Hunk have to say? Hey, you wouldn't be in so much trouble if you just use your brains like yeah, I do. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then uh, uh, who's the other one? Hunk and Hickory and, and, and Zeke. Zeke and yeah. Zeke's like, oh yeah. Well, if I had to meet Miss Gulch, I would. I would. I'd stand up to her. I'd use my courage. I'd punch her right in the face and yeah. bury her in a ditch on the right. side of the road and pretend like I didn't see her that day. <laughs> just like at the last town that I was at before I came here to. Work Work at this farm. Oh, and then Curly comes up and leads him away. <laughs> I told you about that. You can't tell people those things. <laughs> she falls into the pigsty. Yeah. He saves her. Zeke saves her because Zeke is brave. Yeah. Well, it, it looks like Zeke was, was scared out of his mind. Yeah, they, they say, oh, he was just as scared as Dorothy was. <laughs> and then Hickory gets, someday they're going to erect a statue to me. Yeah. This is relating nothing at all to the last, later part of the movie, but the writers forgot, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of half-assed foreshadowing, yeah. I guess. I don't know. But uh, she she transitions from um, talking to her dog to singing to her dog. Yeah. And which she sings a song that's no one no one's ever heard of ever, right? No, Steve? it's one of the many. It's one of the many forgettable numbers from this movie. She sings somewhere over the rainbow. Somewhere over the rainbow, because she doesn't really dig something that Kansas. you could wind up invertently humming, even if you hated the movie. In oh fact, yeah, almost all of these fucking songs. Yeah, there there are a few songs that aren't that that haven't really stood the test of time, but most of the big ones are ones that pretty much everybody mm-hmm. would recognize immediately. And this is one of them. Yeah, this is the big one. And I'm going to say this right now. The Terry, the dog that plays Toto, is probably one of the best dog actors I've seen in a movie. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but that dog genuinely seems to love her. Yeah. <laughs> and she genuinely seems to love that dog. Because, you know, most dog performances, you'll see the dog looking off at the handler on the off stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this dog seems actively engaged with her. Like, like paying attention to her. And, like, when she hugs him and all that other stuff, you buy it. Good job, 1939. I don't know what kind of electricity you used to shock that dog into that performance, but it was good. It worked. Yeah. So she's uh, busy having her Luke Skywalker moment. Yes, exactly. And that's when we met. 
ain't Miss Gulch. Mm-hmm. She comes pedaling up on her bicycle. Mm-hmm. With her own theme. With her own theme. Yes, indeed. Probably and the most memorable non-song, you know, music cue from the movie, I would think. Yeah. And we uh, find out pretty quick, Miss Gulch is a super bitch. She's, yeah. She's, she's not very nice. <laughs> not to anyone or anything. <laughs> and what happened was, you know, Toto apparently bit her. And so, uh, chased her cat around. Chased her cat around. So she has gotten an order from the sheriff to mm-hmm. have Toto killed. <laughs> and I guess she's going to do it herself. Yeah, she's, she's going to take Toto away with her. <laughs> exactly. No, no, the animal control people didn't come. She said, "No, I'll go get him myself." Miss Gulch is going to have a lively Friday night. She's going to be so happy after killing that dog. Oh boy. Ugh. And so. And, and M and Uncle Henry uh, say there's nothing we can do. We can't have the... She threatens to take their, their farm away, all yeah. this stuff. And they. she takes the dog, she puts it in her basket, and Dorothy has a real freak out. She's like, you guys are supposed to have my back. I thought you loved me. They're taking my dog away. Haven't you seen how we interact with each other? And she runs off crying. And Aunt M turns on Miss Gulch like she's going to slap a bitch. <laughs> yes. And when she says, you're lucky I'm a good Christian woman, otherwise I would say some things to you that you would not soon forget or something. Yeah, yeah. And and Henry's like, that made me so horny. Yeah, exactly. I am am so hot for you. Excuse us, Miss Gulch. When my wife yells at people, (laughs) My wife and I have some marital business to attend to. (laughs) But thankfully, Toto, she rides off with Toto in a basket on the back of the bike. And uh, Toto is an escape artist. (laughs) And he gets out of that basket mainly because she didn't latch it. I guess she thinks that animals are so stupid that they can't figure out how to get out of an unlatched basket. Exactly. Animals love being in closed spaces. (laughs) I'm sure he wouldn't even try to get out. He runs home, finds Dorothy crying on her bed, and she's like, we've got to run away, Toto. Yeah. They'll never stop, Toto. They'll never stop coming after you. You have to understand, we have to take it on the lamp. They're going to come after you. We cut to a scene of, I want a radial search. (laughs) Yes. Your fugitive name (laughs) is Dr. Dorothy Gale. (laughs) She's not a doctor. Whatever. (laughs) I don't care. I, I don't care. <laughs> so uh, she packs a bag, grabs Toto, and they take off, right? Yeah. And what happens then? Well, they're they're skipping down the road, and then they happen upon this uh, wagon belonging to a, a certain Professor Marvel. Yeah, Professor Marvel, the world's nicest con man. Yes, exactly. <laughs> He's one of these hoodoo, voodoo, I tell your fortune, all this other kind of crap. Yeah, yeah. Like but a- he... He's a really nice guy. <laughs> exactly. And he, Dor- he, Dorothy sort of says, hey, how's it going? You know, uh, Toto steals one of his hot dogs, and he's like, oh, that's fine, because yeah. I'm not starving or anything. Yeah, he does. He has a whole package of them. He does. He's he has a big old sack of hot dogs, yeah. I don't know how he's been refrigerating them out in the middle no, of nowhere. it's best, best not to ask. They're a bit rancid, but I hope you don't mind. <laughs> hope your dog doesn't die. <laughs> Adds to the flavor. <laughs> so, and Dorothy says, hey, I got an idea maybe i'll run away with you because i can't stay here yeah and he's like well maybe we should go inside and talk first mm-hmm. she's like okay stranger i'll go into your your wagon with you come on he's such a nice guy. he is he doesn't mean anybody any harm he's thinking this holy shit this little girl's gonna die yeah exactly <laughs> how can i fix this because this will be all my fault 
<laughs> so he pretends to tell her fortune. He looks in a crystal ball. Yeah. And a, while he tells her to close close your eyes, little girl, and open your mouth. You know, close your eyes, little girl. <laughs> and while her eyes are closed, she looks in the basket and she's taking a picture of her and her aunt in front of their house. Yeah. And he goes, I see an old woman and a picket fence. No, I see a house and a picket fence and a running horse and a barn. Just, that's, that's my house. That's amazing. You're incredible. I'm definitely staying with you. You have the gift and the power. Imagine the change we could make in the world. <laughs> Calm down, little girl. Oh, shit, what can I come up with to get her off my... Oh, um... <laughs> Your bicycle is in the basement of the Alamo. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, she's very sad. She's crying. Oh, she's she's clutching her heart. She's, she's falling over. Oh, no. Wolves. Oh. Wolves, Dorothy. They're, they're tearing at her flesh. They're ripping her apart. An old man comes to try to save her. That That's Uncle Henry. Oh, he's grabbing his heart oh. now, too. He's falling over on top of her. Oh, the wolves are having a feast. Oh, there's blood coming out of his nose. Three farmhands just run up and seen what happened, and they all committed suicide right in front of it. Oh, your house just caught fire. <laughs> And it works, right, Steve? <laughs> yeah, she's like, you know what, she's Toto, like, we should go home. I've got to go home right now. So she learned her lesson. Yes, she did. There's no place so, like, I, I forget how the rest of that goes. But. Yeah, so if she learned her lesson right here and right now, mm -hmm. why did she have to have the whole trip to Oz to learn it again? Because she forgot. <laughs> okay, so she runs home, and then the most terrifying thing that I remember seeing and is still impressive to this day... Yes, indeed. ...is a, the tornado sequence. A twister, a twister. Mm-hmm. The most amazing thing about this scene is that the twister is always in the background. Yeah. And it's a rear screen projection of a special effect they made that still works now. Oh, absolutely. It is an ominous threat. It's just this black coiling monstrosity that continues to get closer and closer as the wind tears the entire house house of art. And uh, Dorothy gets there. Oh, wait, no. First we cut to the everyone getting into the shelter. Right, like, at the farm. Getting under the shelter. And, and Emma's like, Dorothy! Dorothy! And like, forget her, she's gone! <laughs> we'll make a new baby. <laughs> she's not our baby. Uh, we'll, we'll adopt one of your sister's we other kids. We never should have married her parents and we never should have murdered her parents to take her for our own. <laughs> they were just jealous because <laughs> the Kents got that new baby. <laughs> so... Uh, they all get in the shelter. She gets there. She runs into the house. She pulls the, the screen door, and it comes off in her hands and yeah. flies away. <laughs> she gets inside the house. Everything's blown. It's awful. And what happens, Steve? Uh, the, the window crashes in and conks her on the head, and she falls down on the bed, and she's knocked unconscious. Uh-huh. And, while, and then... she's, while she's unconscious, the house gets picked up by the tornado. Yeah, and it's the wackiest tornado ever. Yeah, it's one of those tornadoes where everybody who's picked up in it gets carried around and they're completely fine instead of being yeah. crushed and killed horribly. Yeah, there's two guys in a rowboat who just wave yeah. and aren't being spun to death and being <laughs> impaled by fl flying debris. Uh, yeah. And there's a cow and a whole chicken coop. Yeah. And, and oh, there's Miss Gulch. Yeah. She's going to die. She's in the twister. She seems to be riding her bike like it's not like a, every other, like it's a regular Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> But then something weird happens, yeah. right, Steve? She she transforms into a witch into riding the a broom. Stuff of nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> she turns into the most iconic witch ever. Yeah, and then she just sort of flies off. Yeah, like oh jeez, see ya. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? Uh, then the 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 house. What goes up must come down, mm -hmm. and the house just kind of crashes Man. somewhere with a little oh, just a bump, it's, just oh, yeah. huh. 
And it's super quiet now. Yeah. And Dorothy gets up and she looks around, goes to the door and opens the door and everything outside the door is is not sepia-toned. What? It's full Technicolor. Whoa. Oh, yeah, and it's like... And I, everything's made out of plastic. It's super <laughs> green and... Yeah, yeah, but all the green stuff is made out of plastic. Yeah, it's yes, that's true. Okay, well, uh, this is different, isn't it? Yeah. She says another iconic line. Yeah, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Yeah, and then she keeps hearing giggling. <laughs> and then a bubble descends out of the sky. Yeah, and then the bubble turns into Celine Dion. <laughs> no, stop it. No, it doesn't. The bubble turns into who? Glinda, the Witch of the North. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, hey, good job on that witch. <laughs> Dorothy's like, what? Hey, are you a good witch or a bad witch? You know, that whole thing we did at the beginning, that yeah. opening bit. That's where this comes from, folks. Uh, it's, it's, she's <laughs> like, I'm not a witch. What are you talking about? And she's like, well, you killed a witch with your house. Uh-huh. And, and see, those are her legs morbidly sticking out from underneath the house. Oh, shit. The munchkins that live here who we haven't seen yet, they called me to come check it out to make sure that you weren't another bad witch. Because we just don't need another bad witch replacing a bad witch. But since you're beautiful and all good witches are beautiful and i guess all bad witches are ugly you must be a good witch right she uh sure no well, whatever here's your shoes <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh wait no that, that, that happens, happens later, later. yeah <laughs> um <laughs> and it's at this point that i think glinda had an internal monologue that ran something like this <laughs> This little girl can get some shit done and keep my hands clean. <laughs> exactly. I can use her. One witch is down. There's another witch that so needs killing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Glinda the good witch. I can't kill the bad witch. That would make me not good. I have then to have plausible deniability. <laughs> Glinda the uh, morally questionable witch, <laughs> and I can't have that. <laughs> that doesn't so, roll off the tongue. Yeah. Well, how can I distract her? Oh, I'll get the munchkins to come out. <laughs> Whoa, they're weird. Okay, the munchkins, come out and say hi. The munchkins come out, right? Yeah, and they... they what, are, what do they look like, Steve? They look like little people. With, they are little people. They, they, which is a good ex- explanation for why that's how they look. Mm-hmm. And, they have, and they're extravagantly costumed. Oh, yeah, Little people. And they come up, and the mayor comes up and says, You're a hero. You killed the Wicked Witch. She was awful to us. But um, I, before I can say that she's definitively dead, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the coroner, Hey, coroner, is she dead? Yup. <laughs> I cool. examined her. I examined the legs that are sticking out from underneath the house. She's pretty dead. No pulse, no nothing. I wanted to do, you know, a Y incision and take a look at her internal organs, too. Maybe she died of a heart attack before the house crushed her. Uh, you know, I wanted to be complete in my job. But just basically looking at her crushed body, I would say that, yeah, she's definitely dead. Let's jack Good up job. that house. Good job, lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're so happy. We're gonna sing. An ode to manslaughter. An ode to manslaughter. Another incredibly popular ode to murder. Yes, Sting Dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> and everyone is so happy and they're dancing around the town. And um, when they say, wake up your sleepyheads, a bunch of munchkins in a nest on top of a roof wake yes, up. And yes. they pop out of eggs. A terrifying glimpse at the world <laughs> of the their munchkins. their reproductive cycle. Wait, wait a minute, What? They lay eggs? <laughs> they lay eggs as big as they are? Uh-huh. And everyone's having a great old time until... <laughs> 
the woman who knows how to make an entrance and kill a party all at once mm. shows up. Yes, the Wicked Witch of the West. She appears in this gigantic plume of toxic red smoke. Yeah, and she she's not happy. Why? Because the witch under the house was her sister. Well, that may, that's understandable. Yeah, it's, yeah. Who am I going to confide to now? <laughs> <laughs> she was the only one that understood me. Am I supposed to talk to the flying monkeys? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tried to carry on a conversation with a flying monkey? Number one, they smell. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, they only say, <laughs> and that is not, how am I supposed to respond to, <laughs> I tried to teach them sign language, but it's just, it's not happening. They just throw fling poop at you. It's awful. (laughs) I have no one left. (laughs) You've ruined my life. (laughs) So from a certain perspective, she has a beef. She has a legitimate beef here. And, uh, but she wants her sister's shoes. Mm -hmm. The ruby slippers. Mm Mm-hmm. She says, I'm the only one that knows how to use them. And the shoes aren't on her sister's feet anymore. No. And I guess the legs went, okay, well, we don't need to hang around anymore. And then her legs curl up and disappear underneath the house. <laughs> Three munchkins throw up. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know that's what happened. But where are the shoes? They're, where are the ruby slippers? They have magically appeared on Dorothy's feet. Oh. And Glinda's like, never take them off, never give them to the witch. Bad, bad shit. Bad shit will happen if the witch ever gets them. <laughs> never take them off, Dorothy. And I guess uh, the Wicked Witch don't like that. No. She basically says, I'm going to murder you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. And then, see, um, a lot of people are saying, Jason's not really bringing his A-game to the uh, Wicked Witch voice. I can't, because if I wanted to do an accurate impression of Margaret Hamilton doing the Wicked Witch voice, I'd blow out this microphone and the <laughs> and the oh, yeah. uh, headphones that I'm wearing. Oh, yeah, she she turns it up to 11 oh, boy, when she's yeah. doing the witch, absolutely. <laughs> there is no subtle in her performance. No, no, no. It's full screech. Uh-huh. Not Screech. Not Screech from Saved by the Bell, obviously. Thank you. Um, So she uh, threatens all of the munchkins, makes everybody pee their pants a little bit, except for Glinda, who's like, oh, you, yeah, I have no power here. I don't sweat you, honey. You're really making me want to kill you right now, (laughs) but I'm the good witch. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, she disappears in another billowing pillar of smoke and flame, mm-hmm. which gave Margaret Hamilton second-degree births. Yay. Because it's a, it's a trapdoor trick. Yeah. She stands over a trapdoor, and she descends into it quick, in theory, quickly, <laughs> and then the flame shoots up. But in this case, she went through it not nearly as quickly, and then the flames shot up and burned her. Oh. She went through a lot of shit for this movie. Yeah, and she was probably like, could you not have done an edit? Do I have to be green? Because this makeup is poisoning me. Shut up. <laughs> you want this part or not? So then Glinda lies through her teeth to um, to Dorothy by basically saying, I don't know how to get you home. <laughs> <laughs> you should ask the wizard and maybe kill the witch while you're around. You know what? If you see the witch, maybe kill her. That would be good, right? If you oh, wanted to. You know what else? There's something hinky about the wizard. I can't put my finger on it, but maybe get rid of him too. That'll be good. <laughs> well, off you go. Off you go. Also, there are some tortured creatures along the path of the yellow brick. Maybe you could take care of that too. I don't know what... What do I do, munchkins? You're pretty. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Pretty much. So then um, she's told to follow the yellow brick road. Yes, she is. In song. Fo- follow the yellow brick road. Oh, God, Steve. Follow, 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 <laughs> I Yes, I'm follow doing it. I'm going. I heard you. I'm following I it. Can't follow the yellow brick road. Follow I'm, the yellow that's brick what, road. Thank you. Road. That's what I'm doing. Make me stop singing <laughs> this song. <laughs> We're off to see the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I hope you like that we're off to see the wizard bit because you hear it three more times <laughs> oh yeah we do and uh, boy just the hits keep coming don't they Steve yes indeed okay so she's following the yellow brick road like she was told to but then she comes to a crossroad a fork in the road yeah there's a crossroads there Satan's there it's mm. like hey how you doing yeah. you know you're supposed to meet me at the crossroads right hello, <laughs> hello she went girl, down to the go? crossroads <laughs> No, I want to learn how to play a mean guitar. Um, <laughs> she doesn't meet Satan. She no. meets who, Steve? The Scarecrow. What is the Scarecrow doing? He's just hanging out, hanging on a post, trying to scare crows, doing a really bad job of it. Yeah. You know? And so she uh, lets him down yeah. off of his pole, and he's uh, filled with straw. Yeah. And uh, he's got one problem, though. He don't got no brain. Nope. nope. He talks. He he lives, <laughs> but he does not have a brain. Which is really impressive because, you know, I mean, someone without a brain able to spontaneously compose a song and accompanying choreography, I mean, that's pretty good. Because <laughs> he sings about, you know, how great it would be if he only had a brain. Yeah. Without having another, a brain. Another song that everyone on the planet knows. Yep. <laughs> oh, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're, why you're, are the, we doing this? The soundtrack of your inner monologue. Why are we recapping a movie that everyone knows? Well, how else are we supposed to make fun of it before we get to critiquing I it? Come on. Yes. So anyway, the only what is the only thing he's afraid of? Fire. Yeah, just like Martian Manhunter. Yes, I think there's a lot of parallels between the two characters. <laughs> there's a lot of parallels between this character and about five thousand other characters. <laughs> like every other fictional character. Yeah. And just when we think, wow, that character was really used over and over again in other movies subsequently, we're we're about to hit another one right after this sequence. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're about to meet the grandfather of Data and every robot ever created. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. They're they're going... They're going but first. Yeah, go ahead. But first, we we have to get some apples. Yeah, because they're hungry. They're hungry, and they go up to these trees, and she reaches up to pick an apple, and what happens? The tree uh, grabs the apple from her and says, "What the hell are you doing?" The, that that apple has seeds in it, which are technically my babies. <laughs> You're going Why? to eat my children. <laughs> no, we don't eat the seeds. We just throw it on the ground. <laughs> oh, well, that's so much better. Great, so you're going to murder my children and then just throw them onto the yellow brick road, I suppose. Uh, yeah, pretty much. You know, I didn't realize this movie was that insensitive to Arbor Americans. It's it's, it's really, really crass, yeah. Because then the scarecrow goes, I know how to get I know how to get apples and then he, you know, makes faces at them and they start throwing their children. Yeah, yeah, it's uh it just goes I didn't to like show these how ones anyway. Yeah. <laughs> these were underachievers. You should have gotten better grades if you didn't want Daddy to throw you at the Scarecrow. (laughs) What happens? Let that be a lesson to the rest of you. Dorothy goes chasing after an apple, and then she finds what, Steve? She finds a a man made of tin. A tin man? If to coin a phrase, yes. He's just standing there perfectly still. With an axe in his hand. Yeah, a tin woodman, perhaps. A tin madman, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) 
He's making a noise. Yeah, and uh, the scarecrow's like, uh, what's he saying? And they figure out he's saying oil can. Mm, and there's an oil can right there. Just so happens to be. Okay, and so they, they, they squirt oil all over him, and uh, they help him come loose, and it turns out that he's been frozen in that spot since it started to rain. Yeah. He's like, I was reaching back my axe to kill some teenagers, <laughs> and then it started to rain, and I've been frozen there ever since. <laughs> the Tin Man has a little bit of a problem, too, huh? Mm-hmm. Because when the tinsmith made him, how did a tinsmith make a sentient tin man? Never mind. When the tinsmith made him, he forgot to give him a heart. Um, I remember that part where I told you how I'm a book purist? Mm-hmm. I, I do know why the Tin Woodsman is the Tin Woodsman. You do? Yeah. It's horrible. Oh. <laughs> but it's in the book. <laughs> okay. Um, an evil witch... Um, enchanted his axe. So every time he was a normal human being at one point, but every time he went out to chop down wood, the axe would slip and cut off a piece of his body. Oh, good. So he would go to a magic tinsmith and have that piece of his body replaced with tin. And he kept doing it until there was nothing left. Huh. Now, little plot hole. Uh, once he cut his head off, I don't know how he managed to get back to the tinsmith. <laughs> his, dis- his, dis- his decapitated corpse just went clanking. Now, maybe back. it just went off in little tiny pieces. Like, oh, I've cut my eye off somehow. And <laughs> that it just like little bits and pieces. But that's the story. And he never got a heart. He never got a heart, Steve. That's, that's so sad. It is kind it's of tragic, sad. really. Yeah, we don't need to know about that, right? Yeah. They don't even question the fact that he's a man made out of tin. No, it's just perfectly normal. Yeah, and then he sings a song about it. He basically sings the Scarecrow song, but with his own words. Yeah. If I only had a heart. He he thinks that he can't feel, and he can't emote, and he can't love, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, which is patently untrue, because he can... We all know that his positronic matrix is capable of processing emotion. He's just not aware of it. Exactly. It's just a matter of programming. (laughs) Right, G? Roddenberry, you hack! (laughs) (laughs) He wanted Data to actually be the Tin Man, but he couldn't get copyright clearance. We know you were trying to cover your tracks with Pinocchio. Bullshit! We knew who you were were crimping from. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. We went into we went deep into Star Trek. Yeah. Sorry, guys. It's the, sorry. it's the sort of thing that happens. It happens it every happens. once in a while. Yeah. We can't help it. Yeah, and it will probably happen with other stuff because this movie. Oh my God, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's it's somewhat influential. This movie has tentacles that reach out into everything. Oh God, yes. So um, so then uh, right after the Tin Woodsman gets done singing, or almost when he's done singing, who shows up? The witch, the wicked witch. What's her problem? She's, well, you know, she's still mad about Dorothy and the slippers and her sister being killed. I mean, you know, that whole deal. She shows up on a house that right near where they're at. That's the Tin Woodsman's shack. Yeah. And he's like, and she's like, hey, I'm still going to kill you, you know. And oh, by the way, nice friends. Yeah, and I'm, if you if your friends stay with you, then I'm going to kill them too. And oh, hey, I got a present for you, there, Scarecrow. Because I I assess people's weaknesses almost immediately. I'm really a threat, you guys. <laughs> and, Don't look. And you're. I may look funny, but holy shit, I am evil. <laughs> 
here's some fire, and he, she throws a fireball and sets him on fire. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't hit Almost him quite sets there, him on yeah. fire. Yeah. Just enough to terrify Scarecrow. And uh, Tin Woodsman takes this little hat off and puts out the fire, because he thinks quickly. Yes. And then the Tin Woodsman and both the Scarecrow say one thing, and they say, I don't care if I don't get a brain. I don't care if I don't get a heart. We're going to make sure you get to the Emerald City, because fuck that witch. Exactly. <laughs> so they go off on their merry way again, singing that song. Yep, they're still off to see the wizard. Until they get into super spooky forest. Yeah, a, a forest. Now, it's not the spookiest forest, because no. we see that later. It's a somewhat this, spooky forest. Yeah, you hear lots of animals yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And then they, they manage to scare themselves by talking that they are, could be, God, Steve, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Yes. And then they run into what, Steve? A lion. I guess yeah. he's a lion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's... According to the production notes, he is a lion. Uh, <laughs> According to what my eyes tell me, he's a man wearing a costume made from actual lion fur and stuff glued all over his face. He's yeah, he's he's a, a character from like Zubilee Zoo or something. <laughs> And he he puts up a good front. He's very he's very sort of tough when he first sees them. He goes yeah. around threatening them. You know, we we get a yet another classic line: "Put him up, put him up." Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he goes around, you know, basically just you know threatening to beat everybody up. And mm-hmm. then he gets pulling a- an axe on me, eh? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then he gets around to Dorothy, and Dorothy slaps him in the fucking face. No, he gets around. He goes, "Well, at least I can get you, Pee Wee." And he goes after Toad. Yeah, and Dorothy's like, "You son of a bitch!" And slaps him right on the nose yeah and what does he do he starts to cry he starts to cry why'd you have to hit me he's become a metaphor for internet bullies (laughs) (laughs) because it turns out he's a cowardly lion yes he's all everything everything scares him and he's always upset and they're like come with us to go see the wizard and he can get you some courage or as we say in the song the noive the noive (laughs) if i only had the noive so now we have Which I thought was a, a the very, most I thought was a very um, I thought it was a very impressive bit of songwriting to find a one syllable word that was uh-huh. a, a synonym for courage that they could rhyme stuff with. Yeah. You know. That was awesome. Yeah. Wasn't it? it was I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> so now we have the most iconic foursome to ever be assembled anywhere at any point, right, Steve? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Dorothy and her three friends mm-hmm. and off they go, skipping down the yellow brick road. Yeah. And, uh, oh, shit. The witch. The witch is watching them. Through a big old crystal ball. Yeah. And we see one of them stink monkeys, those flying yeah. stink monkeys that are always around and that give you freaking nightmares when you see them. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, hmm. Well, let's see. I could have killed her with the fireball earlier, but I didn't for some reason. Hmm. Oh, I know. Poison. That'll work. Right, monkey? <laughs> right. Exactly. Poison. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other suggestions? <laughs> Great. I'll do that. So alone. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask my sister right now, but oh. <laughs> I'm going to kill the shit out of her. So she sprinkles 
something onto the magic ball, which then grows poppies. Yeah, poison poppies. Poppies will make her sleep. And poppies pop up. Yeah. And they come out of the forest, and they see what in the distance, It's the Emerald City. Are you sure that's just not a backdrop painted to look like the Emerald City? It might be, actually. Okay. But they don't seem to think that. Oh, okay. And they start running through the poppies, right? Yeah, because it's like right straight ahead, and apparently the poppies are growing in the middle of the yellow brick road, so... Right. So they're just gonna go straight, they're going for it. They're cutting cross, exactly. But what happens? Oh, Dorothy starts to get sleepy. Oh, no, what about... Okay, well, well, what about the... What about the lion? The lion starts to get sleepy, too. Not... What about Toto? Toto is dead, man. (laughs) (laughs) Toto is out. Toto's dead, man! It's a trap! (laughs) It's a bug hunt, man! Who's not affected by the poppies? Uh, the the Tin Man and the Scarecrow. Because mm. they don't have respiratory systems. That's true. And uh, so what does the Tin Man decide to do? Uh, he says that they should try to carry her. Yeah, do they? No. What does he do instead? Um... Weep. He cries like a little baby. <laughs> and he rusts himself solid. Yeah, because that's so just the, that easy, apparently. <laughs> the only one left is the Scarecrow. Now, book purist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the book, the Scarecrow figures out a way to get everyone out of the poppies. And does it. And saves the day. In this one, we have like this Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of character in the name of Glinda. Yeah. Who kind of like, I wonder what they're up to right now. I think I'll take a look. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna die. <laughs> So Glinda uh, magically appears. In, well, she's not like in the scene. She's she's an overlay. Yeah. And she waves her fucking wand, and it starts to snow. And I guess that dilutes the poppies. Yeah, I, I always interpreted it as she made it snow cocaine. And that, <laughs> that would definitely wake Judy Garland up. <laughs> Is that cocaine? <laughs> I can film the rest of the movie now. <laughs> um, so they all wake up, and yay, and now they're going to the Emerald City, right? <laughs> yes. They... And they go up to the front door, and they knock on it, and a door opens, and huh, the gatekeeper, that gatekeeper looks really familiar, Steve. He does, and if he doesn't look familiar now, he will really soon. Really? Yeah. So they say, hey, we killed a witch, and um, we want to see the wizard, and he's like, awesome. And he opens the <laughs> door, it. and they, they get into a cab, not like a taxi cab, like, you know, a horse drawn yeah. carriage. And Steve, yeah? the cabbie, he looks really familiar. Yeah, it looks like the guy who was at the gate. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, they both look like the guy, they both look like Professor Marvel. Do you think that Professor Marvel is Dracula? <laughs> no! <laughs> this would be a completely different movie if they get into the wizard's chamber and it's Dracula. Welcome. Welcome to my house. <laughs> And so we get in, they're taking him around Emerald City, and uh, the horse keeps changing colors, yeah. huh, Steve? It's, it's the horse of a different color you've heard so much about. Uh, <laughs> I love living puns. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they take him uh, to some shops, and apparently um, Emerald City just has, like, a whole section for repairing scarecrows. Sure. Because they restuff them with new straw and fix them up, and they polish the tin woodsman up. Yeah, and they do. Uh, they do a, a Dorothy with makeup. And yeah, hair. Change your hairstyle. And they they give the cowardly lion a brand new do. Yeah, and um, 
then they're all ready to go meet the wizard, right? Yeah. And so they go to the front gate, and everyone's like, yippee. Oh, wait a minute. No, they're about to go up to the gate, and we forgot a scene. When the poppies don't work, the witch is like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> don't say it, monkey. <laughs> I told you not to say God it. God damn it. All right, you gotta, do, you gotta do it yourself sometimes. And she gets on her broom, and she takes off. And then we come back. We do all that shit we just mentioned. And they're about to go up and see the wizard when all of a sudden, up in the air, what do they see? It's it's the witch and the flying monkeys. No, not the monkeys. She's just on her broom. Oh, just the witch. Okay, yeah. Trailing black smoke. Oh, yes, and she skywrites. Yeah. It's, it's... You know, that broom needs to get smog checked. Or it must run on diesel or something. Yeah. Because it's or maybe billowing it, out it, black it, smoke. It got grandfathered in as an antique. You know, it doesn't have to get emissions tested. What does she write up in the sky? Sur- um, Surrender, Dorothy. She's a murderer? She-, <laughs> <laughs> she killed my sister. Why are you not on my side with this? She is a puppet of the controlling power of Oz? <laughs> <laughs> I know we've had our differences, but come on. <laughs> I just wanted a pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> That's, yeah, surrender Dorothy, which could be a message to both Dorothy and to the people of Emerald City. Yeah, exactly. Just give me Someone Dorothy. Could have gone, we don't need that noise. So let's get her and put her push her out the gate. Yes, yeah. here she is. <laughs> uh, then she leaves. They go up to the front gate, and uh, Steve, yeah, the guard. He looks really familiar. It looks like the the gatekeeper and the taxi driver and, and Professor and- Marvel. <laughs> Mm. What? Do you think they're like identical quadruplets? Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Um, and the cabbie says, you ain't going to get in to see the wizard. No way, no how. Fuck off. Yeah, go to hell. And that's when we get uh, the most forgettable musical number in the movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah, when the cowardly lion... All- Sings about if he were king of the Yeah, he just, it just sort of occurs to him all of a sudden. And he's like, I want a song. <laughs> Give me a song. And he finishes. And uh, then Dorothy realizes, I'm, oh, no, no, that's right. The guard goes in and says, okay, I'll go see. Right. And the guard leaves. We have the musical number. The guard comes back out and goes, fuck all y'all. And then leaves. <laughs> and then Dorothy starts crying. Yeah, and then uh, the guard is like eavesdropping, and then he starts crying out of his hat. Yes. And <laughs> yes, it's just a bad effect, guys. They ran water tubes up uh, up into the hat, and then it was going to drip down, so it looked like he was crying a lot. But it just looked like he was like crying out of his forehead. Yeah. Um, and he goes, "Okay, you can come in and see the wizard. It's not a problem. He's a giant head who could probably kill me if I disobey his orders. But you, <laughs> you move my heart. But come on in. So now they go down this long hallway. They go into this big room. And who's there, Steve? Uh, the big giant head. The big giant the head. The big giant head. It's surrounded with smoke and flame and shouting. And he's like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and then he then he scares each one of them individually. Yeah. And then Dorothy's like, how dare you? And he's like, shut up. I'm the wizard. <laughs> like, I'm, now listen. I'm going to help you. Jesus. I want you to, yeah, listen to me closely. This is what I want. I'll help all of you. But what you got to bring me is the witch's broomstick. And they say, we'll have to kill her. And he said, I never said that. That was never said here. I never said. Listen to me, everyone on the internet. I never said go kill her. That's their shit. They said it. That is not They're the ones that made the assumption that they'd have to kill a bitch to get a broomstick. I just wanted a broomstick. I never said go kill anybody. Stop saying I sent people to go murder someone. I said broomstick. They said kill. Blame them, not me. (laughs) Goodbye.
<laughs> get out! And then we see the cowardly lion getting the fuck out. <laughs> and he dives through a window. He dives through a window in the hallway. That, by the way, that whole sequence has one probably my my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> What's that? When they're walking down the hallway, you can hear shit going on, and he closes his eyes and he says, "Tell me when it's over." <laughs> Because every child that has ever seen a scary movie has done that. And probably some of them were doing that during this scene in the film. Yeah. God knows I did when I saw it when I was four. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I don't want anything from this giant head with the scary teeth. <laughs> so, um, once again, just so long as we make that clear, the Wizard of Oz did not tell them to kill her. He just wants their broomstick. Yep. But um, we now cut to them in the spookiest forest. Yeah, right? the, the, the super-duper haunted forest. Yeah. It has a sign yeah. outside that basically says, don't come in here. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> don't come in here. Now, the four of them have brought with them to murder <laughs> the witch. A butterfly net, yes. A gun, mm -hmm. a can, a, a spray can repellent that says "witch be gone" or "witch melter" or something like that. Basically, a spray can of poison and a huge metal mallet. Yes. To which I thought, "Holy shit! These people have some fucked up shit planned for the witch." <laughs> <laughs> because if you think about it, I think their plan was capture her in the butterfly net, spray her in the face with the poison, shoot her, yeah. <laughs> and then smash her head in with the mouth. <laughs> Everybody gets a turn. <laughs> Later on, they're just dragging this <laughs> horrible, bloody corpse before the wizard. <laughs> oh my we god! Did Where's the broomstick? <laughs> oh shit, I know we forgot something. We forgot the broomstick. Oh my god, you psychopaths! <laughs> I'm sorry. We forgot the broomstick. Can you just wait? I'll go get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we got so caught but up in our horrible murder plan. Yeah, but before they can enact the last murder in seven on the witch... Yeah. The witch sees them coming in the in the in the her magic ball, her giant crystal ball. Yeah. And she's finally like, Okay, hey monkey, go get Dorothy and they all fly away. So if you were a little kid, like four years old, and you had not peed your pants after seeing the gigantic green head with fire and flames yell at the people that you love now more than your own family, you're gonna get probably the thing that will fuck you up for the rest of your goddamn life. <laughs> Oh yes, this as nightmares defend out of the <laughs> out of the air, land, chase a little girl around, rip the scarecrow apart, yes, attack and possibly kill her friends, and then pick her up and fly away. Oh, but they're okay because Scarecrow is nigh invulnerable. Yeah, he's just he's been torn up, but he's still alive. He just needs to be nice. put back together. Yeah, so they put him back together. They make a dumb joke. Everyone else is okay. There is a sequence in there in which you literally, where you do see the Tin Woodsman rear back his axe to take off some monkey heads. Yes, but some other monkeys grab his axe before he can bring it down, and they unleash the power of the man who can't die and his axe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wow, Dorothy, this is amazingly easy. <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, 
she takes the, they take her back to uh, the big castle that the witch lives in because she's a witch. They're standards. Yeah. What do you want her to live in a nice little suburban split level? <laughs> yeah. What a little thatched cottage. What is this Hansel yeah. and Gretel? Do you think she's gonna have a, a nice apartment in the city? No. no she's, gonna, she's gonna have a castle. Exactly. And apparently an army. Yeah. And yeah, she's got a lot of stuff going on. She's real organized. If you think absolutely, about it. she's got an army. She's got a, a horde of flying monkeys. Mm-hmm. She's on the ball. Yeah. So uh, she's like, hey, give me the shoes. Dorothy's like, no, Glenda told me not to. Okay, uh, take this dog, put it in the basket, and throw it in the river. We're going to drown it. What? (laughs) (laughs) You heard me. She's like, oh, uh, yeah, if you don't take the shoes off, we're going to kill your dog. And she immediately says, okay, you can have the shoes. Fuck Oz, here, take them. I don't care, I'm not from here. So, uh, the witch reaches down to take them, what happens, Steve? She can't take the shoes, the shoes won't let her take them. The shoes have a force field. Yeah. So, uh, the witch is like, okay, mm, let's see. (laughs) Ooh, my hourglass that kills people when it runs out of sand. (laughs) That's the ticket. Turns an hourglass over and says, you have until this hourglass runs out, and then, bleh. (laughs) And then I'll take the slippers off your corpse. (laughs) And Toto's like, fuck this. Uh, They put me in another basket with no latch, idiots. (laughs) Will they never learn? And he goes, I'm going to... Now, here's the thing. I think Toto's noble enough to go, I'm going to go get help, because that's exactly what he does. He gets out, he runs away, and Dorothy's like, he got away, he got away. Which is actually one of the most heartbreaking scenes in the film. Yeah. So, um, yeah, now she's gonna die, and her friends are like, we gotta go get her. We gotta go help her. We gotta we gotta figure out a way to get in there, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is when we first see the Winkies. Yes. They got a kick-ass marching song. Mm, yes. Another another Never. timeless bit of music from this yeah, movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, because uh, we've kind of strayed away from the whole musical aspect of the movie at this point. Yeah. And uh, as they're scoping out the, the, the castle, three Winkies come up behind them and jump them. Yeah. They don't just spear them with their... With their <laughs> with their pole arms, with their halberds, <laughs> they jump down. And they're going to beat them up instead, but that was a mistake. And then I guess they murder those Winkies and take their clothes. Yes, they do. And now they're all dressed up like Winkies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's another trope for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they get into the castle. Um, they immediately take off those Winky costumes. Yeah. They follow Toto up to Dorothy's room, and now you get to see the Tin Woodsman put that axe to use. Yeah, baby. And there's a there's a part of me watching him hack down that door that I'm like, holy shit, he is a. If this is a good thing, he's got a gentle soul because oh my god. Yeah. He could do some damage. <laughs> he does in the book. Yeah, he goes he goes Jack Torrance on that door. <laughs> They get her out, they start getting run around, they're being chased by the Winkies, they get chased by everybody, they get chased by the witch, and then they get trapped in a in a parapet, or a whatever you want to call yeah. it. And now the witch is all like, oh god, we've, oh, we forgot the most evil thing in the world. Before they, before they get to her, Dorothy goes by the crystal ball. Oh yes! And she starts hearing her, her Aunt Em's voice, right? And then Aunt Em appears on the crystal ball, and she is, and Dorothy is weeping yeah. openly. And so the guy want to come home, and right here, you have to hear me. And then Aunt Em kind of fades out, <laughs> and what fades in, Steve? The witch! Holy shit, is she evil? <laughs> Auntie Em, Auntie Em! It starts laughing yeah. at her. Ha ha. Gotcha. So just in case you think her murder is not justified, this is the scene in which, oh, this character is irredeemable. <laughs> She's just super mean for the hell of it. Because <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> so yes. uh, we now we cut back to the parapet. 
<sighs> and, uh, boy, she's not done fucking with the mission. No, she says that uh, she's going to kill her friends first. And then uh-huh. she's <laughs> like gonna, any good villain. Yeah, and then she's going to kill Dorothy, and she's going to start with the Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. So she lights her so. broom on fire with some fire from one of the torches. And she says, how about a little fire, Scarecrow? And She sets Scarecrow's arm on fire. Yeah. He immediately starts to panic yeah. and scream, I'm burning, I'm burning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Imagine being the Scarecrow. You can't take your hand and try to put it no. out, because then your hand's on you fire. You can't put out a fire with straw. So this is some serious shit. Yes. So what is what what happens? Well, Dorothy, to help her friend, grabs a nearby bucket of water and throws the water on Scarecrow to put the fire out, and some of the water splashes mm-hmm. on the Wicked Witch, and that's not good for the Wicked Witch. What? What do you mean? You don't want to get water on a witch, apparently. Oh, well, I know in the book they said she's made out of brown sugar and she melts. Well, I don't know about that, but she does melt. Which, by the way, makes all, all witches sound so delicious. Mm, I know. Why do... <laughs> I dream at night of brown sugar witches. Uh, no wonder the Bible said, don't suffer them to live. Bake cakes <laughs> with them. Because they're delicious. Yes, they're delicious. Um, yeah, so the witch... <laughs> the witch just starts, like, steam starts coming off of her, and... Yeah, puts her, she has a nice little monologue yeah, she, that's repeated by hundreds and hundreds of other characters in other movies. She has the hammy death scene to end all mm. death scenes. All of my wonderful wickedness, gone. <laughs> And then her last statement is for everyone to look out. Now, either she's telling everyone in the room to look out, or she's telling everyone in the afterlife to look out. Because <laughs> I'm coming in and says, I'm pissed. Look out! Look out! Here I go! And then Toto pronounces her death yeah. by going up and sniffing the corpse. <laughs> she's gone. Toto is the coroner. <laughs> but now they've got the Winkies all around her with their halberds. Yeah. And then they go, she's dead. You've killed her. Another one. (laughs) Another witch. You've killed two. You've killed sisters. (laughs) (laughs) She says, I didn't mean it. All that other bullshit she spread around the last time she killed a witch. (laughs) But thankfully, the Winkies are like, thank you so much. Oh, my God. Even the monkey seems happy. (laughs) We hated that witch. No, you didn't even say that. Because remember, the monkeys only say this. Yeah. (laughs) Here's something I noticed. The first time I noticed this, I think. The Winkies are the same color as the Wicked Witch. Yes, they are. The same shade of green. The same shade of green. The same pointed noses. Yeah. So are they, they're the same species? Is that their race? Yeah. Green-skinned, pointed nose people? I guess. Okay. I guess that kind of makes more sense. Because uh, Yeah, because why the hell is she green? Well, it also kind of asks the question, if they can die by water, why do any of them have water around anyway? That's a really good question. How do their body functions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm assuming that not all the Winkies are made out of brown sugar, but I suppose it's possible. I don't know. Yeah. It's just a mystery. It's well, I mean, how I wasn't expecting an answer, Steve. I, you know, it's it's a, it's a different land. It's the wonderful land yeah. of Oz. Okay. I don't have the answers. <laughs> so we immediately cut to what? Well, they 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 come back to uh, the wizard. Yeah, they're holding up the broomstick yeah. and the wizard's face. Excuse me, face. <laughs> We've got. Do you want to wait until and yeah. until your city finishes burning yeah, down, so we can continue? Like, Jesus Christ, we hear you. I think that should be. They usually come in pairs, so that should be the end of it. Okay. okay. All right. So now they're like, we did what we were going to do. Now you come through for us, or we'll kill you too. <laughs> exactly. You'll get some of what we gave to that witch. 
Unless you haven't noticed, we're now badasses. We got two murders under our belts from all of us. And we've got a taste for it now. Not including those three Winkies we killed earlier. Yeah, yeah right. You should see this guy over here swing an axe. Let me tell you. <laughs> you don't want to be on the wrong end of that. And he's like, come back tomorrow. And they're like, no. We're badass killers. <laughs> the Tin Man's just slowly tapping his axe into his hands. <laughs> I think you're going to give us what we want now. <laughs> I could kill you and not shed a tear. No heart. <laughs> exactly. Maybe I'll take your heart. But because nothing happens in this movie without Toto. Mm, yes, he is the engine that Toto, drives the plot. He is. He runs up and grabs the... There's a curtain by the side. And grabs the curtain, pulls it back. Who is it? There's there's an old man behind the curtain. And what is he doing? He's he's flicking a bunch of switches and talking into a microphone, and he seems to be saying all the things that the wizard big giant head is saying. Well, wait, are you saying that the wizard is a fraud? I think that's maybe what I'm saying. The wizard's he, a fraud? He's yeah. not even a real wizard? He says, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Oh, but yeah. it's a little late now. <laughs> Yeah. So it turns out the wizard is just some dude? Yeah, some dude. Well, how are the guys going to get their stuff now? Well, funny you should mention that. Because what? it turns out they already have all the things they want. What? The, the wizard goes to the scarecrow and he says, Dude, you've already got a brain, or at least as much brains as anybody else has. Uh-huh. All you need is, is a sheepskin to prove it. So he gives him a diploma. Oh. He says, There, now this proves you have brains. Okay. Hang on, there's more sirens coming. What is going on there? I, have, I don't know. It better be good. I think the League of Critics found out that we were doing this <laughs> against their wishes. Um, is... Is your Jesus. town ending at this point? <laughs> They're heading, oh they're, they're, they're heading toward Dargan, which is the town that I always joke about Jack McPherson setting on fire. They're heading to the experimental energy facility at the outskirts of town. <laughs> that Department of Energy research place. This is it's the worth, beginning of a Stephen King book. Yeah. It's where the Goat Man was, was created. Great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. So he gives the Scarecrow a lambskin, not a condom. No. And he gives uh, the... He gives, he the gives him man out of a... order. He gives him two of them out of order. Then he gives the lion a medal. Yeah, for his courage. Because he says, you're as courageous as anybody else. And the thing is, is he's, he's absolutely correct. Yes. They are, they are all smart, and they already have what they want. They just don't realize they have. They got it. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> Get it? Ah. And then he gives uh, the Tin Man um, a constitutional? No, a tri tribunal? No, a testimonial. A testimonial. And then he gives him a watch that coincidentally is shaped like a heart. And mm -hmm. I think that the chain on the watch is teeth. <laughs> I don't know what the, what the chain is about. Me, but it yeah. looks like teeth to me. <laughs> oh, good. Now the critics want to get me. <laughs> We're coming for you next. Okay. Um, so he... Then they're all happy, right? Yeah, well, except for Dorothy. Yeah, that's right. They go, hey, what about Dorothy? And the wizard's like, well, you know what? I'm originally from Kansas. I was this guy, and I went up in a balloon, and then I came down here, and I inspired an awful, fucking awful goddamn movie that Sam Raimi makes... Three years ago, why did I have to remember that thing? Yeah, now the bitterness comes pouring out. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, so yeah, and then they said I was a wizard, and uh, and I said sure. I'm but a I wizard. still got yeah, I still got my balloon, so I'm gonna take Dorothy home because I'm done here. Everyone's gonna find out that I'm a fraud, and then everyone will be after my head. Do you think Glinda's that nice? Do you? I'm fairly certain she set all of you up on this whole thing to kill the other witch and uh, expose me and get rid of me somehow. I'd much <laughs> rather go back with you, Dorothy, and live a nice life rather than have to face the wrath of Glinda if she finds out that I'm not dead. Okay? Then she's going to go after the, wick, the, the, the good queen, uh, the good witch of the south, and then it'll be all a done deal. <laughs> She'll rule everything, and I won't be out of here. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so now they're out in the square, and all the people are like, goodbye. And uh, does he... S- now, here's the thing. I can't remember. Does he say that the Scarecrow is going to be king? He says the Scarecrow is going to be in charge while he's gone. Okay. Yeah. In the book, Scarecrow becomes king. Yeah. They, they nominate him as leader. But okay, he says that Scarecrow will be in charge while while uh, uh, I'm, I'm gone. I'm going to get in the balloon now. And he gets in the balloon, and then Dorothy gets in the balloon, and then <laughs> Toto sees a cat. <laughs> And then Toto gets out of the balloon, and then Dorothy gets out of the balloon, and then the balloon goes away. (laughs) Yeah. And he floats off, and he doesn't know how the thing works. He probably dies. (laughs) (laughs) Either. Okay, there are a number of possibilities for where he went after this. (laughs) He died. He wound up in Narnia. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I would pay anything for the Wizard of Oz to to show up in Narnia. Yes. Uh, okay, so <laughs> now Dorothy has no way to get home, but her friends are like, but it's okay, you'll be with us. Yeah. and Watch she's awesome. But now all of a sudden she doesn't want to stay with them. She's like, I, fuck you guys. Yeah, but hey, Dorothy, didn't you know that all the animals talk in Oz? They do in the books. I'm a lion, I talk. Go <laughs> ahead, ask Toto something. Toto, can you talk? Yeah, but I don't want to say anything. Okay. That's in the <laughs> books, guys. Toto can talk. Every time Toto's in Oz, he can talk. And at one point in, like, book ten, they say, Toto, how come you haven't said anything? And he said, eh, because. <laughs> <laughs> What's to say? Yeah, exactly. I'm a badass. <laughs> <laughs> I let my fists do the talking. <laughs> but, oh, goody. Glinda X There's Machina a shows up. Yeah, <laughs> Glinda X Machina shows up. <laughs> And she's like, are the witches dead? Yes. Is the wizard gone? Yes. Oh, thank God. It worked. Okay, I know a way for you to get home. What? <laughs> yes, I've known all along. What? I just wanted you to learn a lesson. What? And now that what you've, lesson? And now that you've learned the lesson, you can go home. What was the lesson she was supposed to learn, Steve? That she had everything she wanted all along. Mm-hmm. That her... and, it was in, and it has one of the worst things in the world, that if what you're looking for isn't in your backyard, then you didn't want it to begin with. or something stupid. Yeah, don't have ambition, kids. Which, don't... by the way, is the polar opposite of what, the, what are in the books. Yeah. Because eventually Dorothy moves to Oz with she... Aunt Em and Uncle Henry. Because Oz is awesome. And you should want to go there. Uh-huh. You shouldn't. You shouldn't turn your back on it to go back to dirt Kansas. <laughs> it's better there. And she's like, so I, I was nearly killed several times so that I can learn a stupid lesson, which, by the way, I learned at the very beginning of the movie when I met Professor Marvel, and then I went home. Oh, you did. Oh well, I didn't know that. Scarecrow's click, like, click I was on heels. fire. <laughs> They nearly died in a poppy field, all of them. Oh, well. A monkey touched me. (laughs) (laughs) But rather than getting incredibly upset at Glinda, 
because Glinda says, all you have to do is tap your heels three times and say, there's no place like home. Thanks, bitch. That's Ooh. all I had to do. <laughs> uh, but now we've got to say goodbye. She yeah. says goodbye to the, the, the Tin Man, who says his heart is breaking. <laughs> says goodbye to the Cowardly Lion, <laughs> who's wiping his tears with his tail. <laughs> and she says, Scarecrow. <laughs> she says to Scarecrow, I'm going to be the most of all. <laughs> and then she reaches into your own chest, <laughs> rips your heart out, and eats it in front of you. <laughs> And then she clicks her heels three times and she goes back home. Yep. <sighs> yeah. She wakes up in bed. Yep. Back in Kansas, back in sepia world. Yeah, who's at a red side? Uh, Auntie M and Uncle mm-hmm. Henry. And, and pretty soon like, the field We're about to throw up. your corpse onto a pile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, you're still alive. We gave you the needle <laughs> test, you didn't respond. Yeah, M kept insisting that you would wake up again. I was more of the opinion that I dug a hole for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate wasted work. So we're going to bury the dog in the hole. Oh, wait, here comes Professor Marvel, a man we've never met and who's just going to walk up to the window. Yeah. And he's just... like, I'm here to check to make sure that she got home all right and everything's okay. Yeah. Thanks and then the for farm dropping hands, by. Yeah, you know, the farm hands come in. Hey, you remember me? And she's like, yeah, but I was in another world. And... <laughs> wait, I'm sorry. I had a dream. <laughs> 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 and you were there and you were there and you were there you guys weren't there you M and Henry you guys weren't there Miss Gulch is there she's a witch she tried to murder me several times <laughs> and Professor and Marvel you were like five people yeah you were like 15 people <laughs> I think you were like half the population of, of Oz it's really weird Oz? I have no idea what you're talking well goodbye and he runs <laughs> <laughs> later Holy shit, she knows about us! <laughs> he jumps in his hot air balloon and flies away. <laughs> Middle Earth, here I come! <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they're like, but that's impossible, it must have been dreaming. She's like, no, I wasn't dreaming, it was a place. Damn it, what are you going to do, institutionalize me? Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Actually. If you've ever seen the unofficial sequel to this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. She does get institutionalized because she won't shut up about Oz. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Um, but she says, oh, I'm never leaving again. No, Auntie M. There's no place like home. The end. The end. <laughs> That's supposed to be a happy ending. Oh, the end. <laughs> okay, Steve. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious. I'm honestly curious about your opinion of this film. Because this film has everything that you dislike in a movie. It's a children's fantasy. It's a musical. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I guess you're probably curious about what my opinion of the film, since I am yeah. a book purist. Indeed. What is your opinion on arguably the only thing that will be left of our civilization <laughs> once the end comes? <laughs> <laughs> for aliens to find in the rubble <laughs> the wizard of oz <laughs> you know um even though you're completely right like it does have like everything that i dislike about movies 
I, I surprisingly, I I really liked it when I watched it this time. Really, when I watched it for this review, yeah. I and like we were saying earlier before we started recording, this this was I think the first time I had watched it straight through from beginning to end for a very yeah. long time. Um, I had caught little bits of it here and there. And when I was a kid, not only was it was it on TV a lot, but it was my father's favorite movie. So we we would be watching it like a lot, and I would sort of come in and out of it, and uh-huh. you know. So I'm very familiar with it. But it's the first time I'd watched it straight through in a long time. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I can't honestly say that like I adore it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't have like warm fuzzy feelings about it. I don't feel like super like close to it. But yeah. I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I mean, it helps that it's not very long. It's like an, no. a little over an hour and a half, so it doesn't overstay its welcome. And you know, even if you don't dig, you know, the story or the music, and I have to say, I mean, most of the music I didn't mind, m- probably because I was familiar with it already. Because most of the songs You're, are yeah, there's no way to escape the music yeah so it's not like you know i'm having to listen to stuff that i'm not already familiar with i i do think the musical numbers that the munchkins do get a little tedious i mean i was sort of like all right come on let's just go let's get her down the yellow brick road come on you know but but after that point Mm -hmm. i think it, it moves along pretty well um, and yeah, there, and there's just there's there's a lot of stuff to look at technically, even if you're if you aren't taken in by the story or by the performances. You know, right. the the thing about this movie that that amazes me, and it wasn't that unusual for this time period, but it's something that you almost never see in movies today, is that there were no exteriors in this movie. Most of the story nope. takes most of the story takes place outdoors, but mm-hmm. there's not a single exterior shot in this movie. It was all shot on a soundstage, no. and yeah, it was all shot on lot. Yeah, yeah, it was all shot on a soundstage. They made liberal use of like forced perspective and matte paintings and backdrops and miniatures, and you know, and it's it's it's, it's it was expensive at the oh, time. It was yeah because but you know it's nowadays if if a movie like this were made you know to recreate sort of the 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 magical land of oz there'd be a lot of cgi or they would go to some exotic you know location and then embellish it with special effects yeah. and this is all done on 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 the sound stage with mm-hmm. practical effects and and uh, sort of in camera stuff with backdrops and and matte paintings and it's it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a lost art you know they just don't make movies like this anymore no and even though you can tell like it's never you never for a moment when you're watching this movie and maybe it was different maybe audiences were less sophisticated in the 30s no. and it, it, it didn't occur to them but when you know there's not a moment when you watch the movie where you think oh they're actually outside you, you can tell that they're no. on a stage every single mm. moment but it but it works like there's it, it it adds to the to the the unrealness of it you know they're in a they're in a magical world of imagination so you wouldn't expect it to look absolutely realistic so the fact that yeah the plants are obviously plastic and you know Ten feet away from where Judy Garland is standing—that's obviously a backdrop. You know, <laughs> uh, it 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 doesn't affect the story. It doesn't affect the movie. It doesn't take nope. you out of it because that's just the nature of the story. It's it's an imaginary place, or at least it, it is it, as this movie. Uh, depicts it, mm-hmm. um, and I, I have to say, d- despite not really liking musicals, and despite, uh, yeah, it is definitely a kids movie. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching it this time, and I can imagine if I had watched it or if I had been into it um, 
in a big way when I was like five, I probably would have loved this movie. You know, this, mm. it has to, it definitely feels like almost the perfect kids movie because it does have those moments of danger and peril, you know, where the kids can get scared and get on the edge of their seats, mm-hmm. but then everything turns out okay, you know, and the heroes triumph and everybody basically gets what they want. And, and things you know, that make you feel things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get, you that, get attached to the characters. Yeah. And you're like, no, stay with them. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Why are you going back to Kansas? <laughs> <laughs> I what? wish I had friends that couldn't die. Why do you even want to go? <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> well, good. I hated this movie. Fuck it. Ha! No. Yes. <laughs> Swerved ya! No. Oh, boy. All right. This is a lot to unpack, guys. So let's unpack it, shall we? <laughs> As I said, I am a book purist, but I cannot review this movie based on how inaccurate it is towards the books. That would be unfair. The movie exists on its own. Boy, does it exist on its own. Um, And as a movie, considering how old it is at this point, it's quite old, um, it's still remarkably entertaining. Yeah. There are a few little things in there that I noticed this time watching it, because I was watching it with more of a critical eye, um, that kind of stand out. I think the Dorothy character was written with someone much younger in in mind, mm-hmm. because Dorothy's dialogue is coming out of someone who looks like she's a teenager, but she talks like a small child. So we're either together, she's a very simple teenager, <laughs> or an extraordinarily large 10-year-old. <laughs> A lot of the sentiment, while, uh, boy, it's hitting you at every step. You can't say it didn't earn it. (laughs) (laughs) When she's having to say goodbye to those guys, you don't want to say goodbye either. Mm. And it hits you right in the goddamn gut. The witch is awesome. I, You know me, I love over-the-top villains. I love over-the-top villains. They're just like candy. I just love eating them. And guys, the wicked witch in this movie is the prototypical over-the-top villain. So much of this movie has influenced so many other movies. Not just in dialogue, but in pacing and theme and, and, and everything else. And I'm not going to say it's a perfect movie. I do not agree with that. I yeah, don't think no. it's a perfect movie. But it does say something to the fact that a movie that was made in 1939 is still deeply loved by a group of fans that watch it all the time and every year. That there is still merchandise being produced for this film that you can readily purchase just about anywhere. That every time that there's a re-release with more information about this movie, and it's re-released in a pristine format, like it's a movie that's been released today. When they do a re-release of The Wizard of Oz when it comes out, it's not like $15 for The Wizard of Oz, like a lot of classic movies are that time it is re-released as like a pristine you know metal box and you open it up and, and glitter shoots at your face and there's a munchkin inside of it that's been like finally someone bought this and you pull him out it's the movie i hate to say this almost transcends criticism almost mm-hmm. but not quite <laughs> the lion sequences where if i were king of the forest that kind of falls right in the middle of the film is a full dead stop to the linear thrust of this movie. Yeah. All of the other songs and everything else were told as their tr- as their journey, or sets up the character and their mindset. Somewhere Over the Rainbow establishes Dorothy and what she's feeling at the beginning of the movie, right? And then Follow the Yellow Brick Road and almost everything else is her moving forward through the story. So, whenever they're singing Follow the Yellow Brick Road, at least they're fucking going somewhere. They're not standing <laughs> in one place going, Follow the Yellow Brick Road, and they're not going anywhere. When they're singing that, they're moving. They're moving onwards with their journey, right? Right. 
In fact, the lion sings his bit about if I only had the nerve while they're walking. <laughs> so the, the linear thrust continues, that there's a sense of movement. But once they get to that gate and they, they say, no, we've got to come up with a contrived reason as to why we're going to have another musical number in here, and we're going to give it to Bert Lahr. And don't get me wrong, on its own, it's a cute little thing, but it goes on a little long, and it just feels like a dead stop in the middle of the movie. Yeah. You could easily cut that out. And in fact, I think sometimes when it was broadcast on television, that bit was cut out, because it just doesn't make any s- It's like, wait, I'll go see if the wizard wants to see you. Okay. Sing, 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 sing. No, he doesn't want to see you. The other thing about it, there's nothing offensive in the movie. There's not a single thing that'll slap you in the face and go, Hey, we're made in the 1930s. Here's our attitudes about black people. Slap. Here's how we feel about women. Slap. There's none of that. No, there's none of that. I think that's one of the reasons why it's considered timeless is because there's nothing that will specifically date the film and pin it to a year. It's not like Dorothy is upset about escalating war in in, in Europe and that's why she wants to run away. There's nothing in there that speaks to the time that it was made, so it's easy to pick up and just go, here's a little girl that lives in this town, and she just goes off and has uh, this wonderful adventure, and then comes back. And I think that's the other reason why this went wide, why this became the first American film, and in some cases, the first film that people have seen mm-hmm. in when they're growing up in other countries. Because it doesn't say, aside from this person lives in Kansas or whatever, Kansas could just be just another fictional part of this universe. Apparently, everything is sepia tone in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, I can understand that if you are, like, say you're a jaded teenager, and you don't believe in things like heartfelt emotion, or companionship, or fun, (laughs) you might hate this movie. You might find it a little too cloying, a little too over the top, a little too manipulative. But I will say this, there were things in this movie that surprised me, and things that I didn't remember for number one, and I'll say this flat out, even though she was high off her goddamn head... (laughs) Because the studio was pushing her to produce. Judy Garland is really good in this role. Yeah. Considering that she is... I think she literally is playing younger than she is. And her character is decent, polite, kind. (laughs) To a fault. She apologizes for murdering people. (laughs) She didn't mean to. You know, she she admits culpability, even though, you know, she's like, I didn't mean to drop my house on her, I'm sorry. (laughs) You believe the relationships that she built. I mean, there's... The other thing about this is that there is... Remember when we talked about the Tin Woodsman and his backstory? Yeah. Didn't need it, did we? No, not He's at all. just a tin man. That's it. He's a tin man. He's a scarecrow. He's he's a lion that talks. No need to tell us why, how, where, <laughs> for any of it. Who are the munchkins? How did this town form? Who... <laughs> Where'd Glinda come from? Is she immortal? Why is she considered a good witch? Why are bad witches bad? What is the Wicked Witch of the West's big deal about <laughs> about everything? Why was this obvious military buildup in the West being allowed to happen? <laughs> None of that's important. None of it. We just take it at face fucking value. Because that's the story. 
The other thing is is that the three the three companions are distinct personalities. It could have easily become three guys in makeup, and they could have let their entire costume be the performance. And God knows they went through fucking hell to wear that shit. Oh my god! And to dance around in it. I think I think Jack Haley's costume for the Tin Man weighed seventy five pounds, and he couldn't sit down, and they had to hang him on a hook between shots so that he could rest. There's a scene where where he's running through the poppy field where he's running at full fucking gallop with an axe. <laughs> I'm like, he's earning his money, man. He's earning his money. Same thing with Burt Lahr. That costume was not light, and it was not cool. He basically was wearing lion skins that they sewed up to make into a costume. But they didn't rely on those costumes to create their characters. They bothered to give their characters character. Yeah. I'm not saying incredibly deep. I'm not saying incredibly, you know, textured or nuanced. (laughs) That wouldn't work here. It wouldn't work at all if, if, if the Tin Man was, was a nuanced character and you really had to be paying attention to pick up on when he's feeling things or whatever. They're exactly the right level for a little kid to pick up on stuff and for an adult to pick up on later when they rewatch it. And they're like, eh, that's a really good performance and I never really noticed it before. Yeah. So, yeah, do, uh, do, do I like it? Yep. Is it accurate to the books? Nope. Do I care? <laughs> Fuck no. I don't. I look forward to the day when someone decides to sit down and make a little mini-series about The Wizard of Oz. Because that's how big the book is. <laughs> and you can do it. You can do it. You can make a little story about it. It's much more violent. It's much more dark. They have a lot more They have a lot more adventures. But for this movie, yeah, I like it. Steve, recommend or not recommend? Oh, definitely recommend. You know... You, yeah, what well, do you think? We're fucking crazy? It's, it, you should... Here's what happens, right? If you... If you've... For some reason, somehow, you've never seen this movie, <laughs> you watch this movie, instantly you will get half the jokes on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Because yeah. half the jokes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 are references to The Wizard of Oz. The other half are references it. to Frank Zappa. Yeah. Let me uh, put it... <laughs> Not only will you get those jokes, you'll get every reference in yeah. almost every film made since The yeah. Wizard of Oz came out. It's got to be one of the most, if not the most, referenced movie ever. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I, rec- I recommend it too. <laughs> Wizard of Oz. If you haven't seen it, you're you're a dead person or something. <laughs> I don't, you lived before it came out? I don't know. Or you're, you're four years old and you have terribly negligent parents to be letting yeah, you listen so, to this podcast. <laughs> you're kind of, I just listened to the late seating podcast, and they said a lot of cuss words, and also that there's a movie called The Wizard of Oz. You know, I bet there's severely religious people that won't let people watch The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah, because there's witches in it. Yeah, there's witches in it, and they say there are good witches, and Mm -mm. there's no such thing as good witches. It's not of God. (laughs) It's not of God, so you're not going to see it. Mm -mm. But hey, if you've managed to pick the lock to your your compound, (laughs) and you've managed to get out, you found a nice person that drove you into town, you found a nice agency that will be able to establish your your identity, and you've gotten your own apartment, and you're sitting down, and you're like, hmm, this Netflix thing seems interesting. I wonder, or Amazon, I'll go on Amazon, I wonder what movie I should watch. Probably the best thing to do would be to watch The Wizard of Oz first. More than likely, you'll be delighted with it. Yeah. If not, you'll probably just be bored. Maybe. I can see that there are some jaded teens. I'm. Who am I kidding? I can't think of a group of people that hate The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> there are people who appreciate it, ironically. You can find Wizard of Oz shit at Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah. This thing has consumed generation after generation of people. It's never going to stop, Steve. No, it's one of the, I guess it is so ubiquitous that, like, even the jaded teenagers are like, look, we might as well just find a way to deal with it because we're <laughs> never going to get away from it. <laughs> be so cool if the Tin Woodsman had, like, you know, a guitar axe instead of, like, an axe axe. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Dude, you should write that. <laughs> All right, that's it. Go see it. Wizard of Oz. I don't know who I'm saying that to. <laughs> if, you, if you're the one person <laughs> in the world who hasn't seen it yet. But now is the time where we recommend something else for you guys to go see. You're like, I don't want to go watch The Wizard of Oz. I've seen it like a million times, guys. Then we're going to recommend a movie that maybe you haven't seen. Something that's hopefully related. Oh, please tell me Werner Herzog did not make anything that's related to this. <laughs> oh, man, if he did, though. I made the Wizard of Oz in which when she gets hit at the head of the window, she dies. <laughs> <laughs> it is 15 minutes long, but full of truth. Her body gets sucked up in the tornado, and then her corpse falls down in Munchkin Land. <laughs> her aunt and uncle die never knowing what happened to her. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> okay, if that Does movie... Does this mean I'm not getting funding? <laughs> You're not letting me make this movie, are you? If that movie... What's your, what's your recommendation, Steve? <laughs> if that movie existed, that would be my recommendation. But sadly, <laughs> that movie does not exist. Um, okay. No, I, I'm recommending another fantasy film uh, that was released the year after The Wizard of Oz, actually. Oh, no, you're not going to recommend what I think you're going to recommend. Do you, do, you, do you think you know what I'm going to recommend? Yeah, I do. I think I do know what you're going to recommend. And it stars the very person that I warned everyone about at the beginning of this thing. <laughs> I'm going to recommend a film from 1940 that is another classic fantasy film that has also been incredibly influential, although it is not as widely seen, certainly, as The Wizard of Oz. Um, it is a film called The Thief of Baghdad. Oh, okay. No, never mind. And yeah, it's I not... thought you were going to recommend The Bluebird. No, no. <laughs> no. No, it's, um, it's, it's called The Thief of Baghdad. It is sort of loosely based on the Arabian Nights. Um, it has a lot of parallels with the, with the famous story of Aladdin. In fact, the, the film was a great influence on Disney's animated version of Aladdin that came many, many years later. Mm -hmm. um, but it is a classic fantasy story. It uh, has a lot in common with The Wizard of Oz. It's a wonderful technicolor uh, adventure. And it's, it's also about the same running time. It's only about a, a little over an hour and a half long. And it, in addition to just being a fun, interesting, you know, uh, escapist adventure story, uh, it also is a groundbreaking film and special effects. This was the first movie to make use of chroma key, which is now, which is now probably the most widely used special effect in the world. Your, your TV uh, weatherman uses it every single time he predicts the weather. Yeah, yeah. We, we use it in, on YouTube videos, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's one of the most widely used special effects in the world. And this was the first film to actually use it uh, to any significant degree. It was used in some of the famous sequences in the film, like when uh, Abu, one of the heroes, flies on the magic carpet. Um, so, and when the, when the genie appears, he opens the bottle and the giant genie comes out and, and it, it forms from a big billow of smoke. That's a chroma key effect. So it's a, a groundbreaking special effects movie and just mm -hmm. a really fun, awesome movie. 
to watch. So if you've seen The Wizard of Oz already and you don't feel like watching it again right now, but you want to see something of a similar genre in a similar vein that you might not have seen before, uh, that is a very important and influential film in its own right, I recommend that you check out The Thief of Baghdad. Yeah, go do that. Yeah. Boy, I'm glad you didn't say The Bluebird because I hate that movie. <laughs> Um, Well, as you know, I try to recommend a movie from the same year that the movie that we just reviewed came out, 1939. Here's the problem. You ready for the problem, Steve? What's the problem? 1939 has every classic movie ever released in it. Yes, it's the greatest year ever. It is that a lot of people talk about 1983 as being one of those kind of benchmark years where a lot of movies came out in 1983. Um, it don't got shit on 1939. No, 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 no. Everything that we're probably going to wind up reviewing in future podcasts came out in 1939. Oh we, we could do the show just about 1939 movies. We could rename this 1939 late seating yeah. and we would do ev- almost every movie that was released because it was like this movie. We already did one of them, which was Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Um, uh, Casablanca. Just, I mean, if you want to know coach. what movies... Oh, God, Stagecoach. And so I was kind of like, well, what's considered a classic but is probably not something that we're going to review here and also is a fantasy. Well, guess what? I'm not going to find a fantasy because this was the first answer <laughs> back to Disney in regards to what they were doing. Um, fantasy, there would be more fantasy movies along the way. Now, um, I was going to recommend another movie, and I'm going to bring it up here now because it will not become a review because it was never popular enough, but it broke my rule of recommending a movie that came out the same year, and that is The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T, <laughs> which is... Have you seen that? Yes. <laughs> 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 which is one of the only live-action Dr. Seuss films that he wrote. And boy, does it look like a Dr. Seuss movie. <laughs> it's not that great, but it's entertaining, and it has one of my favorite actors in it, Hans Con- Conrad, who went on to do great voice work. He did a lot of voice acting later on in his career. You definitely recognize his voice. But I'm not recommending that movie. I have to recommend something from that year. And so I went with uh, a movie that Disney, it's coincidentally, um, uh, pulled a lot of stuff from when they made their version of this story. And the movie that I'm going to choose is The Hunchback of Notre Dame with Charles Lawton. This is my favorite version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I know a lot of people like the silent version with Lon Lon Chaney. I don't like that version. (laughs) (laughs) I like this movie for one very specific reason. Is it accurate to the book? No. But (laughs) the reason I love this movie is because Charles Lawton is one of the greatest actors to ever appear in film. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And he took the role of the Hunchback of Notre Dame and turned him into a person. Someone that you could understand. Someone with humanity behind the tons of absolutely fantastic makeup that they put him in to perform this role in 103 degree weather on a studio bat clock. (laughs) Disney pulled lots of stuff from this movie when they made the animated version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. This movie is heartbreaking, largely because of Charles Lawton's portrayal of The Hunchback. You want The Hunchback to just murder everyone. Just murder everybody because none of them treat him well. Well, except for one one exception. It's a fantastic film, um, directed by William... Oh my god. Dieterly. Dieterly. D-I-E-T-E-R-L-E. Dieterly. That works for me. It also stars Thomas Mitchell, Edmund O'Brien, and the woman who I would marry if I could travel back in time, Maureen O'Hara. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's an RKO picture. It came out December of 39. And I'm not joking. If you watch, even if you go and look up the... There is a YouTube clip that says, and I agree with this, Charles Lawton is God. <laughs> in which it is the I'm deaf you know scene from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. That will literally stab you in the chest because of his portrayal of this character. <laughs> So go see it. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, 1939. Did you see it? Yeah, and I would totally uh, second everything you said about Charles Lawton. He's one of my favorite actors, Holy too. He's, not only was he <laughs> one of the great actors of all time, but the only movie he ever directed was The Night of the Hunter, which is one of the great oh, films shit. ever That's made, right. starring Robert Mitchum. So he was he was a genius. <laughs> he was fantastic. Well, that's it. We did it. We did it. The League of Critics thought we couldn't do it, but we did it. (laughs) Up yours, League of Critics. Oh, don't provoke them. (laughs) I don't care. Don't provoke the big floating heads. No, they're just because they're too afraid to review The Wizard of Oz. Doesn't mean that we have... You know what? No. Listen to me, uh, League Critics. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna review other movies that other people said can't be reviewed. There's nothing you can do about it, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rope, both Steven and you can come after with with all of your critic ninjas you want. <laughs> yeah. You ain't taking us down, right, Steve? L- you can murder Steve first. <laughs> Won't change my mind. Yeah, yeah. You hear that? <laughs> you can put him in a basket and throw him in the river. I'll never take off my ruby slippers of criticism. <laughs> he escaped. He got away. Do it now, I dare you. Oh, wait Kill a Steve in front of me. Hang on, there's someone at the door. <laughs> Be right back. Don't go don't answer it. <laughs> don't 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 go there. Alright, that's it. For late seating. Well wait a minute. Been... We have to say what? what we're doing next. Oh shit, that's right. What are we gonna do next? We well, you know, we're getting on toward the end of baseball season. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, my 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 giants haven't been doing that great, but they're still up for a wild card Yeah, slot. It's you know, it's baseball. And I don't even know if the Baltimore if, if the Orioles are doing jack shit or they're, shit. They're they're not <laughs> I don't think they're gonna make it. <laughs> are um, they just walking around in circles out <laughs> on the baseball field. <laughs> la 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 baseball. <laughs> Um, but, you know, we're both big baseball fans, and it might be... Oh, I think he took that a little personally. <laughs> How dare you talk shit about my Orioles? No, we're, 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 we're used to it. Um... <laughs> We haven't we haven't had a world championship since 1983, so we're we're doing. I'm fine. sorry, we've we've had three. I know. In the last five years, <laughs> you're doing you're you're doing your franchise is doing a little better. We're doing fine, a little better. Um, yeah, so we're. I think it would be fun to do a baseball movie, and yeah, know, we haven't done one since uh, the bad news. The bad bears. news bears. Yeah. Um. So we're we're kind of spoiled for choice. There were quite a few memorable baseball movies, but we we talked mm-hmm. it over, and I think we both agreed that for our purposes, the the best film to do for our next baseball baseball movie is a, a little film called Bull Durham. Oh, we're going to do Bull Durham? We're, gonna we're d- not going to do the one where it was a monkey? <laughs> Boy, you got to save something for next time. Uh, I really wanted to do the monkey playing baseball movie. Well, you got to, we got to, you know, you can't, you can't do everything at once. You have to, sometimes you have to keep them waiting, you know? Didn't Air Bud do a movie where he was playing baseball? Yeah, probably. Base, I'd like base to see Bud. a movie where it's Air Bud versus that monkey. <laughs> Where they shit talk each other before the game. That'd be great. I would like to see a mashup of uh, Pride of the Yankees where Babe Ruth was played not by Babe Ruth, but by the actor who played Babe Ruth in the Babe Ruth story. I would like to see that, but the, the instead of an actor playing Babe Ruth, it's just an, an incredibly morbidly obese orangutan. <laughs> and no one can tell the difference. Oh, major slam on Babe Ruth. <laughs> 
It's just a disinterested orangutan. Hey, babe. Stuffed into a Yankees uniform. And nobody even notices. Throws the bat on the ground, picks its nose, rolls around on its back. Oh, that's just the Peels its lips back. And he wonders why they never made him team captain. He's supposed to point and then hit a home run. (laughs) That's our babe. Well, I guess we're going to... Wait, does Bull Durham have at least a baseball playing bull in it? (laughs) I can't remember. Probably. Oh, good. Then I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, probably. Bull Durham. Okay, that's it. That's If you guys want to watch Bull Durham before our next review so you can get all the jokes, please go do that. (laughs) But you don't have to. It's not a requirement, right? No. You'll still enjoy yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. We need to see Susan Sarandon. Yeah. And she's got... She has, like, sex with everybody in that. Yeah, so what more do you want? That's right. It's great. It's got Tim... That's... She met Tim Robbins. Yeah. They got together. And they were together for a real long time until they broke up recently. Exactly. And she started dating a younger man, and Tim Robbins started making... Shitty movies all over the place. <laughs> Everybody deals with a breakup differently. You know? <laughs> Someone needs to tell them to get over it and start making good movies again. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, can now can I say that's it? Yeah, I think so. Fuck, jeez. Okay, everybody, that's it. Thank you for listening. For Late Seating, this has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. Be gone before somebody drops a house on you, too. What? <laughs> That, did you just threaten me? I, I just... Look. Munchkins! Munchkins! Did she just threaten me? Yeah, she's pretty much dead. <laughs> I'm just saying, house is befallen. My mer- Okay, my sister is freshly dead. Uh, like, let me wait a minute. Yeah, her body's still warm, Glinda. I'm just saying. House- Glinda the good witch! <laughs> Houses fall out of the sky. You might want to look up every now and then. Oh, you just think saying. that might work on me? Oh! <laughs> Sorry. And also, by the way, are you putting this little girl between a spat that we are obviously having between each other? What? You heard what? me. No. She... You put the shoes on her. She's just, she, I'm just sending her to the wizard. Oh, yeah. Well, if you had any, any bravery at all, you'd put them on your own feet. I don't know what you're talking about. They're not even my size. Ooh, why am I the bad one? I, why am I the bad I'm one? I'm wearing white. <laughs> you're wearing pink. You're wearing Chiffon. black. Chiffon. Look, it's the cheapest material. My n- I don't have a lot of money. My name is Glinda the Good Witch. <laughs> Glinda the Good Bitch. Oh, now that's that's uncalled for. Whatever. At least I'm not trying to build a child army. Just hop on your broom and fly away. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to disappear in fire and smoke. Oh, whatever. Why don't you climb in your bubble and go fuck yourself? Maybe I will. Goodbye. <laughs> I could do that if I want because I have a wand. She's, she's gone, Glenda. She's gone. Well, good. <laughs> fucking shit. I'm not the one who dropped the house on her fucking sister. Glenda, you, you have a lot of things to process here. Just... <sighs> don't you have cookies to make or something? Just go <laughs> to your tree and make the cookies. That's a Keebler, Elves. Whatever. It's, it's kind of uh, insulting. I can't hear you. I'm in the bubble. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Late Seating is a Lemmy Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Lemmy Listen podcasts at our website at www.lemmylistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Lemmy Listen. Please like and leave a review. And thanks for listening. This show is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute as little as $1 a month to help fund this podcast, please visit our website at www.lemmylistenpodcast.com and click on the Patreon logo. If you can't, or just don't want to, 
No biggie.